Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are the managing directors of the Sibylla Masters Fund, and you can learn more about that at masters.vc. Hi, Jillian. How are you today? All right. How are you doing, Ann? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. <laughs> Glad to be here. This is our second week of our new show, and it's so exciting. Um, to yes, I know you and I. We got a lot to say about venture capital and funding startups, and I know all that good stuff. Yeah, and you think the world's exciting enough that there might be something interesting to say about all those sectors? Oh. I don't think there's a sector left that isn't interesting now that we've got this, you know, virus running around. Yep, and. Uh, the, how is the world going to uh, come out of this? Who's going to survive? Those are all topics. We'll get to them some other time. But let's start with something basic. We heard this a lot when we talked to our various uh, uh, startups that were pitching us or ones we were advising when we were advising in our um, Outlines Venture group, group there. Um, most of the time... It seems to me, and feel free to correct me if you think I'm wrong, most of the time when we heard entrepreneurs talk about raising capital, they generally sounded like they had one thing in mind, obtaining capital for their business by selling stock. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I think to talk to any entrepreneur today still, uh, the conversation is almost always about venture capital with equity. So venture equity, really. And uh, most people don't even know the term venture equity. They just call it venture capital. But venture capital is a you know, much larger conversation. There's a lot of ways that you can capitalize a company. So we've been talking a lot about you know, capitalization stacks and things like that, kind of coming up with words around it. You and I have been working on this lexicon for some time. And in some ways, we're hearing it take off, and that's great. We're using other people's terms. But yeah, you talk to almost anybody, and they're going to say, oh, i got to raise capital. What they mean is I'm going to sell some stock to get some money. Right. And I just have to digress for a moment here because a lot of times I've heard them use terms like give us money. And I just want to remind everybody, give is a four-letter word. You know? <laughs> so is take, so are many others. Yeah, I get right. it. Yeah. But um, I, th I think what you're trying to say is uh, invest in money. <laughs> invest money, and that means they expect something back. Um, and there are many, yeah. many more uh, parameters to this that I think starry-eyed entrepreneurs sometimes don't see right at right away. So well, I don't see them for quite a while, usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And, and, and then it comes as a shock. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they don't get the venture capital investments. So we're going to dig into a lot of subjects around financing companies in the coming weeks. Um, and of course, our preference will be clear when we get, when we, we get into it. But uh, why don't we just start talking about that old black magic, equity. Sure. 
Sure. Um, since most people are talking about equity, it's a good place to start. So, you know, equity. In this case, for entrepreneurs, it really means stock for my company. You get some stock. I get some cash. We're off to the races. You know, when you raise capital by selling shares of stock in your company, you're giving away a percentage of the financial benefit of your company, uh, you know, for all time, right? You've taken the money. You just sold your stock. So you don't get it back. There are ways to get it back. There are, you know, all kinds of other things that can happen in the future, right? But generally speaking, you just sold something. So, you know, when you do that early on, it's awful expensive. Well, there's that. But wait, 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 wait a minute. Aren't you selling pieces of your company? Literally selling a portion of the, how should I say, the financial benefit Right now, when you sell stock, for example, you start with angels and you go on to VCs, early stage, whatever. You don't necessarily give them the rights to vote on everything that you're doing, right? You don't oh, necessarily right. do yeah. that, mm-hmm. right? But you know, varying degrees of those contracts can say that they're going to have varying degrees of control in your company. Right, and I like to think back. Let's rewind to our SEO days. And I like to think about when Google did their IPO. Mm -hmm. Now, feel free to send those cards and letters, folks, if you don't like what I'm about to say. But from where (laughs) I sat, Google changed dramatically when they they had their IPO. Because instead of having, you know, Sergey and Larry in charge and their great team of people, they suddenly had millions of investors. And guess what began to matter? Well, yeah, I mean, the the entire public stock market, not just in the States, but kind of worldwide, runs on, you know, the ability of the management team to make a a capital improvement on the investors, you know, investment uh, portfolio within a quarter, right? You're talking about quarterly reports, semi-annual, annual reports. It's awful short-term stuff. So trying to make 10-year plans, it's really hard. Um, And it becomes more difficult. I don't know that that's going to change post-COVID. I I don't think so. We thought things might change uh, post-dot-com bust. We, you know, 2001, 2002, we thought things might change after the 2008, 9, you know, banking and mortgage, uh, real estate fiascos, nothing. No, I mean, they're, they're still reporting quarterly, right? Yeah. And it does change how you, you manage your stuff as a so CEO, uh, right? Post-COVID, uh, I believe that humans are like rubber bands. You mm-hmm. stretch them out of shape, and then as soon as you let go, they snap back to whatever they were before. <laughs> you like that? I guess, unless the rubber band kind of, you know, gets too, and then <laughs> too snap, old or something. And, and and then or or snaps, you know, when it gets yeah. stretched too far. Could do, could do. Okay, so that so I know that you know Google's way off topic for startups and entrepreneurs, yeah. but um, if we just bring it back, the point I was trying to make is that it looks to me when you bring in, um, you sell pieces of your company or pieces of the benefit of your company. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know the, the to investors that um, you do not necessarily have them in your C-suite with you, but it changes how you think about it. And it also changes what will likely happen to your company. And why is that, Jim? Mm -hmm. 
You say it all the time. Yeah, I do. Um, so, yeah, a couple of things. It, it, remember, it is for the financial benefit of your company, right? We get that. And we know that, you know, it's to be used for growth capital, not just for, you know, operating capital. We'll get at that into a moment, you know, in a moment. We'll get to that. But really, as soon as you've taken a dollar of venture capital equity money, right? In other words, you've sold equity to a venture capitalist. They do take a seat on your board. You work at the pleasure of your board. You are the CEO. You're not necessarily even the chairman of the board. You might be, but you work at the pleasure of your board and you can be replaced, right? Think about you started a company, you have an idea about where it's going, and unless that company really requires massive amounts of venture capital, not just a couple of bucks here and there, right, in order to become massively successful and return these 100x returns and more and so on and so forth, to that kind of a group that's willing to take very high risk, to make very high rewards and so on, and you're willing to go bust in the process just in case, but this is not for you. This is totally not for you. Um, again, as soon as you've taken a buck worth of venture capital, you work at the pleasure of your board. You become a C corporation in the United States. You put a board of directors in place if you didn't have one before, and you work at their pleasure. That's number one. So think about that. And as you pointed out, Anne, you know, as soon as you have such a board and you have the investors and so on, the tenor of how you look at your company uh, changes. And sometimes it's super positive, right? If you, you want that adult supervision kind of, right? You get the rigor going, the structure, the systems and processes to really take an idea into the corporate marketplace. It's a good thing. So I don't want to knock it that way. But it's also very life-changing thing. Right? And then the second thing is, of course, you have agreed to sell your company. That's right. Right. It's the only way the venture capitalist is going to get the money out, right? It's you put the money in, something grows, you get a larger box of money out. That's how it works, folks. <laughs> the VC is getting it from private individuals who happen to be high net worth and, you know, they can afford the risk and they want to get in there. They're doing that for the money. They are the money people. They don't care what you're building. It's not that they don't care whether you run a good company and so on. But this is a financial investment. You better look at it that way. Have yeah. no illusions like Anne says, you know, give is a, a four-letter word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, and you're, you're right spot on. So many entrepreneurs think that they're going to get the capital from people who love the product, the goal, the vision, the mission, and so on, as much as they do, and don't care about the money. Yep. Skip yep. it, people. Not going to happen. So this is when we have to take a break. I think the music will be coming in. You'll hear it. Um, but when we have to take a break for our sponsors, uh, when we come back, we could talk about that cash, what it and what you might do with it and what it's going to cost you. This is confidential. VC is Confidential. I'm Ian Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we'll be right back. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. 
If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. And Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music. And today we're talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Before the break, Jillian, we opened the conversation about what the about equity funding or what people understand to be venture capital as equity funding. And we talked a little bit about how it's um, not quite what it seems. It's not philanthropy. It's not a grant. It, it the, Your investors will expect to be paid back. And that means they will expect you to have a sale or an IPO so they can get their, uh, what do we call those? Liquidity events so they can get their, their cash out plus interest over, you know, accruing over the years. So this brings up an interesting question. What is the cash that they invest in you for? Gross. That's an easy answer. Gross. Uh, it probably takes more than one word, right? In other words, it's not for operating capital. If you need the lights on and you don't have the cash to keep the lights on, you know, equity is not your stuff. In Nobody's other words, investing for that. In, in other words, it's take the company to the next level so you can get to that eventual sale. And that's correct. Yeah, okay. that's correct. Yeah, okay. if if you need money to keep the lights on and uh, you don't have a clear goal as to what the use of capital is, that's part of your pitch deck, by the way, right? And we'll get into those things too. If you don't have that clear, then again, you're just asking for capital to help keep the lights on. You might need a bridge loan. Uh, you might need a COVID bailout, you know, uh, but you don't need venture capital equity or, you know, you, you would like that capital. Wait, 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 what about revenue? Revenues. What about revenues? Yeah, well, if that's what I mean, if your revenues aren't going to be there, suppose you're a restaurant, your revenues yeah. aren't there, right? You yeah. need a COVID bailout. This is different. Yes, um, yeah. very much so, so. So be very clear about that, right? The growth capital could be that you have to create 
or complete or expand a piece of technology or product. It can yep. be for that, right? So yep. it's not just that VC money is the dry powder to um, expand your sales, although a lot of VCs focus on that space or later VC, um, you know, capital is possibly to expand to international markets or increase to millions of users, whatever that is, right? But it could be to actually finish your product. As long as that process of, you know, we've got, I don't know, beta test A now has to be robust enough that it can hold a million users of consumers or a B2B something, whatever it is, right? Gets you to quote that next stage in which the value of your company increases significantly from the value that it is today. And that's the thing to hang on to. Will your company increase in value by taking the capital and putting it to work inside the company? That's the killer piece. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Got it. And most likely that is going to be around growth. And I find myself wanting yeah. to switch up what Gordon Gecko said and say growth is good <laughs> because <laughs> the whole thing is based on growing the capital that has been invested in your company so that it is larger when the company is sold and your investors get their money back. That's correct. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Okay. There are even, you know, private markets, almost like stock markets for private companies. Uh, these are much larger private companies. They're not just everybody's Tom, Dick and Harry. So that's not going to work if you're, you know, a small company investor. Uh, but there are even private kind of exchanges and so on. So even before the company sells, it must increase the value of the stock that exists today for whoever, for whatever, for however they're going to use it. Yeah. Okay, now that we got that puppy settled, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's. What's the money for? <laughs> yeah, let's start with the uh, consequences of taking venture capital. This is what I really mm -hmm. wanted think we wanted to get to today. What are the consequences? Yeah, so we covered a little bit of that in the first section, right? We did, we said, yeah. You know, as soon as you take the dollar, right, you work at the pleasure of your board. So that's a, if you will, a positive and a negative consequence. Uh, I touched on that just a bit. When you uh, take your first venture equity raise, the capital raise, right? The first thing that happens is you become a C corporation. Very few will invest in LLCs, maybe angels, but you know, not VCs. Uh, it's a different process. So um, this uh, equity raise uh, involves becoming a C corporation, which brings you a structure and again, a rigor of operations. There's reporting. There are regular board meetings. The board deck talks about the, again, increase in value of the corporation, the uh, roadblock locks ahead and so on, but you're not facing it all alone. You're facing it with your board of directors. So if you stock your board of directors with some really powerful players, they can take you to that next level just by their very presence. Now, certainly your investor, your venture capitalist, or perhaps even two of them, if you have several VCs that have put in enough money that they each get a seat on your board, it's unusual, but it's possible, right? Then you have that investor representation there, but their job is also to make sure that the company increases and value. So this can be very valuable to the early stage CEO, um, especially if you've never done it before. Now you have, if you will, that adult supervision or at least guidance. Uh, so those are the good things. But at the same time, you can be replaced. And sometimes you're replaced not so much because you 
couldn't get the company going where it was going, but mostly because they had a difference of opinion on how you wanted to run this stuff, right? You might, for example, um, decide that you have a 10-year trajectory to get from point A to point B, but they really want to exit much earlier. Um, sometimes corporate culture goes by the wayside. So mm -hmm. that's that's pretty tough stuff. Um, and And... You don't always agree with your board members. Sometimes you're brought around. Um, sometimes they are, but sometimes it's very contentious. Now, as you do that, the second thing to consider again is you've agreed to sell your company. We talked about that, right? If you launch a company and you simply want to run it in the long term, then what you're building is a company designed to be privately held and privately held by you. Some of these companies are massively successful. They create a great deal of wealth for the founders, owners, etc. Sometimes you can sell some stock in that too, but those would be things like dividend models. I'm not going to cover that today. We're only going to talk about equity. Once you've taken equity, the way the VCs get their money out and therefore the investors in the venture funds get their money out is through a sale or IPO. So that's what you've agreed to do. And you've agreed to do so rather expeditiously and at as high a uh, multiple as possible. And the multiple means if you were worth a million bucks when they stuck the money in, you'd better be worth 10 million when they get them out. And of course, those are very small numbers. That would be like an angel play. We're really talking at companies that come in with perhaps a six to $10 million, very early stage series A. By the time they're out, those VCs are hoping you'll be a billion dollar company. So those are massive multiples. The question is, if you're going to kind of exchange your stock super, super early when you're worth maybe 10 million and you're going to let it out when you're worth a billion, holy crap, somebody else has made the delta there, but it yep. wasn't you. You've given away a significant amount of stock in exchange for very little capital. And there's that four not such a good word. trade. Yeah, there's <laughs> not, that four-letter word yeah. away, give. You know? It's really, well, it's a give and take. So in that yeah. case, it's right, you know. <laughs> but, but maybe the better word is trade, right? You yeah. have traded your stock for cash. You know, not such a good trade when it's super, super early. So again, when I'm not completely against venture equity. It has a place and it's designed for a very specific kind of company. But almost no company should take it. All right, and we should be talking about the numbers around that too, Anne, right? We should be talking about um, the statistics of what happens to companies when they do take venture capital. Yep. And we need to go to break now for our sponsors, but I'd like to... Uh, I'd like us to talk about that when we come back for the uh, final segment of the show, because I think it's really important. And also talk a little bit about when it's a good time to take venture capital. So this is Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. We'll be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm 
and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. Jillian and I are so glad you joined us. Um, In this last segment, we want to wrap up our conversation about equity capital, funding with equity. Uh, We've pretty much talked about the downsides of it and the risks and the real cost. There's there's a little bit more, Jillian. Um, How is it that founders wind up owning maybe only 95% of their company or or less? I mean, 5% of their company or less when they get Mm -hmm. to uh, that eventual liquidity event. Right. Well, that comes through dilution. Exactly. Uh, This is how it works. You've got 100 pieces of stock and you sell off, say, um, 10%, 10 pieces of stock. But then as the company grows, um, you authorize additional pieces of stock as a board, right? You'll authorize additional pieces of stock. And as the number of stock uh, shares increases in the company, right? If the company had 100 shares to begin with, and now it has 1,000 shares, 10 times that amount. If you owned a piece of stock at the beginning, you owned 1%, right? One out of 100. When you're finished, you own one of 10,000 shares or 100,000 shares or a million shares. You can see how the percentage of the company you own becomes much, much less. Now, Again, we talked about some of the downsides. I know we also talked about some of the upsides, the rigor, the structure, the focus, the support that you can get from these uh, board directors, from your investors, and so on. So there are good things as well as bad. Make sure you take wise money if you're going to take any kind of venture equity capital in exchange for your stock. Now, that said, it's kind of the same as we look at the numbers here. You go, well, gosh, why would I do that? I'm only going to end up with such a small percentage of this and that. You know what? A hundred percent of nothing is worth nothing. And five percent of something that's worth a billion dollars is worth quite a bit. So think about how big your company is going to get, what your goal is for the end result. You want to end up owning 10, 20, 15, who knows what percent at the end, but get realistic about it. Right. What is really going to happen as you dilute the shares over time, as you acquire more investment capital to get from one stage to the next? And by the way, it'll cost you, I don't know, maybe a thousand bucks to launch your company. So somebody might lend you that or they might even invest that if they think it's a good enough idea. They're just investing on a concept. Right. But then later, a thousand bucks isn't going to get you anywhere. Right. You're already, I don't know, a half a billion dollar company. A thousand bucks doesn't mean anything. Now you're going to have to take in another three quarters of a billion or something to get yourself to the two billion mark. You get the idea. 
the amount of capital required to grow at each stage increases. We used to talk about that, Anne, right? You, you come out of the gate with, uh, I don't know, your mom's looking at your blog, and so you've got one visitor on your website, right? And it's easy to double because now you've got two visitors to your website. But by the time you have 200,000 visitors to the website, doubling means 400,000. And then doubling means 800,000. It's the same thing with cash. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the size of your company. And it kind of goes the other way around with your stock, if you will, the percentages, right? So here's the thing. If you owned a public stock, I don't know, AT&T, do you really care what percentage you own of it? You care that you came in at 50 bucks and now it's worth 76 bucks or who knows what. I'm making those numbers up, by the way, folks. I have no idea what AT&T stock is today, but I'm <laughs> just saying. Um, so you get the idea. You only care where you came in and where you come out. So if you own 100% of your company and it's 100 shares of stock today and the stock is worth literally nothing, there is no market for it. Nobody's going to buy it. And okay, that's where you start. Now, as soon as a VC puts some capital in, it's worth something. They gave you, I don't know, $1 million, $2 million, $10 million, $20 million valuation. Yeah, it's possibly specious. We'll get into valuations later seriously deeply. Yes, oh, yes, please. Good, right. We want to get into a good valuation and show you again the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the nonsense in there. Right? All those things aside, okay, I think you should be wise about whether you take it. And here's what I got to say on that one. And boy, have you heard this a thousand times, right, Ann? 80% of every venture-backed company is going to die in five years. 80% yep. yep. people. Now, eight out of 10. That's, that's eight right. out of 10. That's right. So here's the thing. It, it's the same numbers if you had a Main Street store selling shoes or gadgets or something, right? You would think that the infusion of capital, expertise, the rigor of the structure of the board and the organization, all of those things, opening doors to new clients and key employees, you'd think it would change the numbers. But it does not Mm hmm. So you do not increase your value that way. So another thing that you've I've heard you say a million times is some impossibly small fraction of uh, entrepreneurs take venture capital and most yes. of them shouldn't. Let's yes. end, end this on a high note. When is a good time? When when do, do you have a company that has whatever it it, so here's what I'd to say. You're absolutely correct. Uh, about 0.006% of any company on the planet is going to take venture capital. 80% of them are going to die within five years. And this is the same numbers as you'd find on, you know, any shop on Main Street. And you would think that the infusion of capital, expertise, advice, uh, uh, board structure and rigor would improve the numbers, but they do not. And over time, the question is really, who should take venture capital and when? If you have a piece of IP or a product or even a, just a company process, if you will, that will engage millions of users in the consumer space or a strong B2B base and so on, it powers other things. In other words, it has the capacity to scale, which means serving more people for less money, and we'll get into that very carefully at another show. Right? If you have that kind of a company, and you think that it has a serious shot at being at least a half a billion, if not a billion dollars, then it's time to consider you should or should not take that venture equity, right? But the question is when. 
And the when is when you need dry powder to expand your sales. Make sure you have a product in the market. Make sure somebody wants to buy it. Make sure several somebody's have decided to do so. And it can scale with what you're taking in capital now. If you can do that, then it will be worth more when you get to the next level. That makes that investment worth it to you and to your investors. To that, I would also uh, uh, add when you need to grow quickly because time is money and money is time if it's applied properly. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And on that note, that's a wrap for this second episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each Monday as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of the shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. On upcoming episodes, we will interview many guest experts, fund managers, institutional investors, strategic finance consultants, back office, platform providers, bankers, I don't know, probably the occasional tailor or tinker too, and find <laughs> out what, get you the scoop on what VCs are thinking about and where they're investing today and tomorrow. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on our new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to future shows right here on demand on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you like to get your podcasts. And by the way, you will find a coach podcast there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. You can find out more about us at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.